This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You are now listening to What's up, War Report family? We are back with another great edition of the War Report podcast joining me as always is our girl brandy mac resident betting expert and gymnastics enthusiast as well hey. as as well as auburn memes check him out on twitter at auburn memes always dropping the fire memes how you guys doing it's a great hey, it's a great night as always great night doing great how about you guys doing good doing well uh, yeah it's all season it's the off season for uh for a lot of sports now, uh, college basketball has ended. Football doesn't start for another few months. But we did have gymnastics. So I want to kick off today's pod talking about what happened this year with Auburn Gymnastics. Auburn makes the final four. They they went down to Texas. They finished fourth out of four. <laughs> it was a little disappointing. However, I felt as somebody who is not, and I'm going to bounce this to Brandy, as somebody who is not like a huge gymnastics person, I followed it because it's Auburn and it's SUNY Lee and it was exciting. Uh, you know, kind of help us out here with what we watched. I, if I felt like some of the scores were really disappointing and not because we performed disappointingly, but just because it just felt it's so subjective in my mind, right? Talk to us about Auburn's performance in Dallas. Yeah, I, I think I'll start off with the uh, Elite Eight performance, which mm. was incredible, which sent us to the Final Four. And it's important to note that one of the teams that we beat out to make it to the Final Four was the defending national champions, Michigan. And we faced Michigan in the regular season, and we did not win that meet against Michigan. And so we had an incredible performance to get to the Final Four and to beat out the defending national champions was not disappointing at all. And to go to the final four for the first time in program history was incredible. I think it's also important to note too, that this gymnastics team is still really young mm. and probably two of our three best gymnasts were um, freshmen and that's SUNY Lee and Sophia growth and our third best gymnast, Darian Goburn. Um, those are who I would say the top three um, best gymnasts on the team were. Um, it's pretty incredible to have such a young team and go as far as we did. So that was really exciting. And while we didn't necessarily perform as well as we could have um, on Saturday on that final day, and we did finish in fourth place, we still just to even get that far. One is extremely hard to do in the sport in general. And, and two, you know, it, it is very subjective and the scoring um, maybe wasn't as great as it was for us on the first day, but um, I'm still really proud of them. And I think that I think that they kind of reached their ceiling where, where they were. And so I, and the head coach even said this at the end of end of the meet too, you know, you, you can only get that experience being in the final four by getting there. And right. so um, with the team being as young as they are with the possibility of Darian coming back for a fifth year, you know, the expectation next year is let's get back to the final four and let's finish higher than we did this year. Yeah. So memes, listen, you, you're an Auburn gymnastics season ticket holder. Uh, how historic was this 
run that we had in gymnastics for you. You got a front row seat to watch them a few times this year. Um, put it in perspective for us uh, what kind of season Auburn gymnastics had. Yeah, so a lot of people get this all your your bandwagon gymnastics. You know, name name somebody on the team five years ago. When was your first meet? Whatever, whatever. You know the old the old things they try to hit you in. To defend to defend my honor here and defend my fandom, I have been going to these meets for about ten years. I started mm. maybe maybe before that, maybe eleven. Now I'm getting old, but when I first when I first became a student down in Auburn, I know my sophomore year, pretty much through my senior year, I went to almost every home meet there was, and they were a blast. Honestly, I mean that was an incredibly, I, I would tell I would tell everybody it was an incredibly underrated sport. Really fun to see live. Not only are these girls just getting after it down there. The atmosphere is lit. The crowd is lit. I mean, it is very high energy in there. So I think a lot of people don't really know that. And I'd encourage anybody, if you have the chance for the means, definitely check some of these out. They're a lot of fun, especially just like any Auburn home event. I mean, it's just an atmosphere that you just can't really describe until you really get to it. And that was like that when I was a student, but I was even blown away with how much more energy there was in the building coming back this year which is everything that Auburn's done. I, I really love the everything school vibes that this is encompassing. Mm. And I mean, the student section was always packed out. And I was right. I was very fortunate to have some uh, really good seats made uh, almost every meet. Unfortunately, COVID uh, kind of had some different plans for one of those. But uh, I, I mean, the energy was great and they had some spectacular performances. In the, I mean, overall, I mean, it was just, I, I will definitely be keeping those uh, tickets rolling. I've been meaning to go back in recent years and just the stars aligned. And the crazy part is, is when those season tickets went on sale, they sold out in like less than two days. Wow. They were all sold out for the arena and they were going for some pretty hefty prices on the uh, secondary market. And that, that brand is really growing. So, I mean, coach Grave has done an incredible job of growing that. So back, back when I first started going to these things, they were having record-setting crowds, and they weren't really that big numbers, but they were many meets that were getting like way more than basketball games. Now, as a reminder, this is like prime Tony Barbie basketball, so it's it it, uh, it really shows to where um, both programs have come. But these meets have been selling out, and they were a blast, and it was really cool to be part of. I mean, you had the vibes you were looking at. Man, this could be a record season, but, I mean, anything that has Final Four in it, is incredible to see and it was awesome because you were having the gymnasts do that and then you have basketball doing what they were on Saturdays so you're going to these gymnastics meets and then you've got students that are camping out for the basketball games the next day you got students that were making it to both so I mean overall as we kind of remember what it was like in the uh you know beginning of the semester at Auburn I mean the energy was was high for everybody and I tell you, not only students, fans, and uh, the athletes, it was it was really awesome to be at. Well, how much of that was SUNY Lee? There was a lot of excitement around SUNY coming to Auburn. It's not every year you get an Olympic-winning gold medalist coming to your school as a freshman. And in part, you know, before the pot started, Brandy, we were kind of talking about how NIL made all this possible. Like, you know, how much of the excitement – I know she, I know, listen, no disrespect to any of the other girls on the gymnastics team, uh, because they all gave their, you know, I, I would play their, I don't know if you play your heart out at gymnastics, but you know, they gave their all and they were a team, uh, but SUNY drew a lot of attention. So, you know, how much of those, that packed arena and that energy was, was SUNY? Yeah, what? I, I think a good bit of it was 
SUNY, um, especially the season tickets selling out. But I I grew up in the area. I grew up in Montgomery and I, I competed in gymnastics for like 13 years of my life. And almost every Friday I was at an Auburn gymnastics meet with either girls that were on my team or with my family. And even a long time ago, there was a lot of energy at gymnastics meets. And then when Auburn Arena was built, that really allowed the meets to be more intimate. And even when I was a kid, they had the student sections called like the gymnasties. And that was even there when I was a kid. And so um, one, I think it's always kind of been there, excitement around gymnastics, just because it's an exciting sport. But I think SUNY coming um, an Olympic gold medalist really just took it to the next level. And I think that's really exciting. I think it's also important to like Sophia growth coming in as a freshman was a five star, just like SUNY was mm. obviously she's not an Olympic gold medalist like SUNY, but there was a lot of hype going into the season around Sophia too. And then Darian coming in for her fourth year senior, um, being a national champion on floor, um, and still being at Auburn was also a big deal too. So I think it was kind of a combination of all three of them, but, Absolutely. SUNY Lee being at Auburn played a part in that. Is there any chance that this team stays intact? Now, there were rumors about SUNY possibly going to train for the uh, Olympics. And we know that Sophia is coming back. But um, Go Burn, she gets a she gets a COVID year. Does she not? Does she have another year? Yeah. Yeah. Darian has the she has the choice to make of whether she wants to come back or, you know, go on with her life. I'm not necessarily sure what her career goals are in her life, but she definitely has the possibility to come back for a fifth year, which would be a massive help um, on floor and also on uneven bars and vault as well. Mm. So that would be really exciting. Sophia is definitely going to be back next year. And with SUNY, you know, I'm not entirely sure if she's going to train for the Olympics or not. Um, I, I know I was saying this earlier, but um, today inside gymnastics just posted a picture team camp started today and Jade Carey, who is a gymnast at Oregon state and Jordan Childs, who's a gymnast at UCLA, both who are on the same Olympic team as SUNY, they both reported to camp today. Hmm. And so SUNY wasn't there. She wasn't in any pictures with them and she wasn't reported as being at, at as being at camp. And so I'm not entirely sure if she will be training for the Olympics or if she's just going to start training later i think it's going to be interesting to see uh nil auburn posted a picture with darian and it looks like she just signed with them so i don't know if that is a foreshadowing of what's to come but it seems if, as if there may be signs pointing to the fact that she may be back obviously sophia is coming back and suny the big question mark memes how big of a of a coup would it be for SUNY to come back for another year. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's obviously huge for so many different reasons because you've got the talent on this team. I mean, you already made the Final Four. You really jump on that momentum. You could make a really good run next year, of course. I think that goes without saying. And, of course, SUNY is an integral part of that happening. And just the excitement for Auburn and just all those other things. I mean, I think it, it would be great. I say, I think what am I talking about? I think it would be great for not only Auburn and the program, just everybody involved. And there's, I, I think a few things worth mentioning. Cause I think for those that don't necessarily know, they'd say, well, why would she need to go train for the Olympics somewhere? Do they not have that kind of training in Auburn? I'm no expert on the scoring and the technique and all that. So I'm going to say this in just a very 
basic way, the way that Olympic gymnastics and NCAA gymnastics work with sort of the skill and the technique and how the sports are judged are a little different. A lot of that have to do with sort of the difficulty and things like that. So I'm going to just guess that the training that you would be doing at the NCAA level versus the Olympics are going to be a little different for those that are kind of wondering who might just have the comment, why couldn't she just train at Auburn? Don't think it works like that. Uh, I could totally be stand corrected on that, but going to safely say that would be a good opinion there. But as far as what it would mean for Auburn, aside from just the, obviously just what it does for the culture, what it does for the brand and uh, the team's ability to make a big run next year. I mean, I think it just really goes to show of Auburn's building up to do, to be the everything school. And I think with that, you've got to, you've got to dominate and win and just have that culture amongst everything. And then you really saw that it was there for it this year and just kind of any momentum you can get just really builds to that. And as far as what SUNY's going to do, I mean, aside from SUNY and those close to her, they know maybe, maybe she doesn't even know yet. I guess there's no way of us really knowing that and we could just speculate, but my opinion on it of just kind of going both ways. Uh, I mean, SUNY has a gold medal. It sounded like just some comments she made. I mean, the Olympics is a very stressful thing. It's a grueling. And talking about her mental health and other things like that. So there could be a lot of aspects where, and she talked about how much she'd loved really performing on the NCAA level and as stressful and as tough as that is on those student athletes, you got to imagine that's probably not as stressful as being on the world stage at the Olympics. So it's kind of funny to compare something that's extremely stressful and super intense and really hard and being like, oh, this is a breeze compared to what I've been doing. So there could be some, there, there really could be some elements to that to where, and I know a lot of people may scratch their heads over this, but like there is a realistic possibility where SUNY may say, Hey, you know what? Like I've performed that. It was incredible. I'm glad that I did it. But on the flip side too, like there was a lot of grueling things that happened with that. And uh, I think we most definitely saw how that happened this past Olympics. So she may she may end up coming back and i don't mm. think if that ends up happening and just says hey like i don't want to you know perform at the olympics anymore like i said you know saw happen with simone biles and her just kind of all the stuff that she was going through which was definitely with the talk about the, the, was it the zoomies where you can't know what's up and down you're in the air doing your stunts and just kind of the you could tell there was definitely some mental health stuff going on there like it's a tough thing and i, I think people really forget how grueling that is especially for somebody so young and maybe somebody doesn't necessarily want to go through that. And also too, like think how intense Olympic training is like, yeah. you only get to be a kid one time and it looks like SUNY's having fun down there. And yeah, like you said, Mike with NIL, it's not like she's sacrificing making money. I mean, you get plenty for dancing off the dancing with the stars, the endorsements, the speaking thing. I mean, SUNY's from a financial standpoint going to do okay. Yeah, um, it's called the twisties. What Simone had? <laughs> I was just gonna. Zoomies, Zoomies, what dogs do? It was something with the. Yeah, I was yeah. It's she, she wanted badly to correct you. Right, uh, my bad. I didn't know. All right, all right twisties. No, my no, fault. it's okay. Um, yeah, but but you are correct in that NCAA gymnastics training week in week out for that is completely different than elite gymnastics. Elite gymnastics training essentially you're at team camp for months on end, and then you go to trials and it's it's extremely grueling and a totally different world and totally different process than NCAA gymnastics is. So you're definitely right there. Yeah, listen, I got a chance to ask SUNY about this uh, after a post meet. We were in a post meet presser 
and she talked about how the Olympic training experience, you do a lot of things singularly, right? You're off to your own, you get your own equipment, you've got your own like corner and you go train and you've got your own people. And now there's a team dynamic when it comes to, you know, team sports at the collegiate level. And I felt like it looked like she really embraced that, the support from her teammates, the encouragement. I'm sure that was, I'm not to say you don't get any encouragement while you're training for the Olympics, but it it occurred to me based on what she was saying that they're a little bit more mentally isolated. And I'm sure that, um, you know, it was a different kind of pressure. It was still pressure. Uh, and she went out there and did her best and had the support of her teammates, and I'm sure that felt good. Uh, Brandy, I got to ask you, is there is there ever any shit talk at gymnastics? Like, do, does a gymnast ever see another gymnast and it's just like, I'm going to F you up on these uneven bars? <laughs> like, is that yeah. a thing? Are they, com- are they that competitive? <laughs> no, I would say that's most likely not a thing. Like, maybe <laughs> there's drama within teams, but there's not necessarily, like, okay. shit talk the way that there is out on a football field. <laughs> Uh, I want there to be badly, but okay, I'll accept that answer. (laughs) (laughs) I will say something really neat about SUNY and her competing in the Olympics and having the basically the chance to also make money off of NIL being a college athlete now is she's actually signed with Nastia Lukin's talent agency, which Nastia Lukin competed in the Olympics, is also an Olympic um, medalist, and she created her own talent management agency, and SUNY signed with them basically immediately after the Olympics, and so that's who SUNY goes through for all of her brand partnership deals and things like that, and that's to a lot of other gymnasts that are benefiting off of NIL who are also, who've also been Olympic athletes. Um, they kind of go through her too. So that's kind of exciting just for the world of college gymnastics and for those gymnasts who are going from elite gymnastics to um, NCAA gymnastics. Mm, yeah. I just think um, there's a chance. I mean, if there's any chance SUNY Lee is going to come back, I think we can all agree that NIL is a big part of what's making it possible because, absolutely, you know, without NIL, SUNY Lee at Auburn never happens. There's no reason to bypass these millions of dollars to go get uh, a college experience that honestly she can go get after she's, I mean, what's the, the the average gymnast brandy ages out at what age, like at what age do you stop being a top level gymnast? I mean, pretty early on in your 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 life. Yeah. 24, 25. um, Yeah. Pretty early. I would say a lot sooner than a lot of other sports. Mm. Um, And we saw what happened this last year with Simone at the Olympics. Simone is out of her prime and that was very well known. And so. um, (laughs) Yeah. The the zoomies gets you every time. Well, and Simone's only 25 years old right now. And to say like, she's already out of her prime. Yeah. And, and I was really looking forward to her at the Olympics and it was really unfortunate what happened. And I understand the pressures there, but she was going into that, into the Olympics, knowing she was out of her prime. She talks about it on her Facebook docu-series that she put out leading up to the Olympics. So that's really important to know gymnasts are leave their prime pretty early, especially when compared to other sports. Yeah, so you have a you have a you have a limited time to take advantage of um of anything the benefits of the sport. So, yeah. you know, if is it is it fair to say memes like if SUNY wants to go to these Olympics, is this like a a do or die kind of thing for her? I mean, if she's 18 now, not going on 19, 
she's in four years or when's the, when's the Olympics 2024. So yeah. she'll be, you know, 2021 by the time those Olympics come around and then maybe have two or three more years in the sport. So, yeah, I was trying to, cause I know they, they, they did this, they got the cycle back where it should be. So they only did, they did a smaller gap between them. And I just like that, that kind of messed me up. Cause like, Oh, we got summer and winter Olympics. So that kind of, that messed with my head some. So that means the next summer Olympics is going to be what year would that be for the next one? After, after the, like after this upcoming one, what year's the one after that? That's going to be 2028. 2028. So yeah, I mean, how old, how old will that put SUNY? I mean, did put, yeah, I mean, she's not very, very unlikely that she would age. You just, I don't know how many gymnasts would do that. So, I mean, how, how old would that put her if she's, 19 now 2028 so i mean that that would put her at maybe 26 and how many olympics do we see out there here 26 so right i mean there's definitely a decision to make of do you want to do this again but also too if you look at it there's not too often to where there's gymnasts that compete in multiple teams i mean obviously simone did it uh gabby gabby douglas did it and um what was the other girl on the uh she was on the 2012 team and she also was in 2016 with gabby as well i can't remember her name right now but i know she was um she did multiple ones but typically it's very rare that it's more than one or two per squad usually you've at least got three or four new folks on the olympic team each cycle so it, it wouldn't be totally unprecedented for somebody that has a gold medal, who's just like, you know what? I mean, I'm not going to do this. I knew, uh, was it Michaela Maroney? She had a, I think it was, she sustained an injury when she was training. So she couldn't make the 2016 as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not, it's not an unprecedented thing. I mean, it's, it's not like these Olympian, it's not like these are, but got a bunch of Tom Brady's out there. I mean, and I think a lot of people see Michael Phelps and some of these swimmers and Sean White and these guys that have been in the Olympics for, you know, 40, 50 years now and think that it's just, every sport can do that if they want. And I think if you hear some of the interviews of some of these girls, I mean, Olympics is so physically grueling on the body and just hear like, yes, my joints, my chiropractor having ISIS and that, the pain, the ankle, just everything you got to do. I mean, just the sport itself, the training and the intensity, it's not a, it's not a super sustainable thing. Right. Right. I just, I admire what they accomplished last year so much. Um, you know, to, to make it to the final four in gymnastics, you know, as somebody who honestly wasn't following much before, but now understanding the elite company they were in when they went to Texas to compete and the, how very few get the chance to go do that and perform on that stage. And you only get that, uh, you only get that experience from doing it. Like Brandy said, you know, it's, if you're not there doing it, you know, everybody's inexperienced until they actually get the experience. But I want to close by just asking each of you your thoughts on how much of finishing fourth might play a role in SUNY's decision to return. In other sports, we see it. People are just like, we were this close to the chip. I'm coming back to whoop that ass. SUNY, SUNY coming back for this? I got, I got one more. I got one question. Before we jump on that, to the last thing I said, and this was a, this is more of a brainy question. If you know this, if you go to train, are you guaranteed? Like, if you go to Team Camp in the Olympics, does that mean you're necessarily, you're not necessarily guaranteed to make the Olympic squad? Isn't that correct? No, you have to go through tri um, Olympic trials, trials yeah. um, Olympic US trials. So that that's something that kind of goes along with 
aging out of gymnasts, especially in the U.S. for um, United States gymnasts, it's extremely hard to go to a third Olympics. Like what Simone did is not normal at all. Um, in other countries, it is a little bit more common just because they're gymnasts may not it may not be as a competitive um you know how the talent experience um trials is intense and you have to qualify at a meet to make trials um and then from the from the last basically from the last trial meet they pick who is on the team and um yeah so no she can't just go and train and she's automatically on the team she actually has to qualify the same way that she qualified um before, yeah, and that's and that's I guess so. the thing to be kind of thinking about too is like you've got a lock in NCAA career, you've already got a gold medal, you got nothing really left to prove. I mean, the only thing that I could see being a difference would be with it not being COVID, you actually get people in those stands. But as right. far as everything, I mean, you've unless you just want to, hey, I want to repeat or do it again, but you've done it. So it'll definitely be a uh, something to watch. So the sidebar, Mike, back to your question. Sorry. But, yeah. So does it? <laughs> what plays a role? Does it? Does does their finish play a role in her wanting to come back uh, another year? And uh, I'll add even this caveat: is is doing another year at Auburn, Brandy? Does that preclude her from later trying to make the Olympics? Yeah. So I'll start with the first question. One, I think absolutely she's motivated and wants to win a national championship with her team. Mm. So finishing fourth is obviously not what she wanted and not what the team wanted. So I think that will play a role in her decision. On top of that, she did not get first overall in the all around. She did become a national championship on beam, but Trinity Thomas won the all around for Florida as an individual. And that is probably something that SUNY wanted to win while she is in Texas. And so I think winning the national championship as a team, as Auburn, but also winning that all-around national championship too could be a motivating factor for SUNY to come back. Um, the other question, if she were to continue um, training at Auburn and competing for Auburn in the NCAAs, does that kind of disqualify her from going to the Olympics? The timeline there could potentially disqualify her only because she would – miss um specific team events that she would need to go to in order to qualify so there's right. certain meets that she would have to train for um there's certain weeks of camp that she would have to train for and so if she's not at those training camps she's not going to be able to get the coaching and the training in that she needs to be able to compete at trials mm. um kind of goes back to what memes was talking about earlier when the the, the training schedule is a lot more gruesome for the Olympics than it is for NCAAs. Um, that's because they are spending like four years training for the Olympics. Um, so yeah, I, disqualify her and, and not necessarily from like a technical or like that kind of like rule standpoint, but more so of like, she just wouldn't be able to get the training that she needs in and she wouldn't be able to follow the timeline that she has to follow in order to qualify for the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I have a high respect for the amount of pressure it takes to get on a beam and do backflips in front of a huge crowd with all that pressure on you. Guys, when I'm on the first tee of my round and there are three people watching me, I may either miss the ball completely or hit the tree directly behind me. <laughs> uh, if you've never seen a guy hit a ball backwards, it's an amazing feat that can only be accomplished by someone of my caliber uh but for them to get up and do do something like that 
on the world's biggest stage at the Olympics. Uh, again, I just I have so much respect for the amount of time that it takes uh, to perfect that craft and then, you know, perform at a high level in front of them. So I'm hoping to see more of that. Um, I'm hoping to see more Suni Lee here. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. She was such a, I mean, Auburn gymnastics became a spring phenomenon at Auburn. And it was so cool to see our fan base rally around, uh, you know, gymnastics really becoming an everything school and, you know, going to the final four and representing on, you know, at a, on a stage that nobody thought they would be at at that point in the season. So kudos to them. I want to round out today's pod talking about the off. Listen, this is the off season for a lot of things. Gymnastics is over. Basketball is over. Football doesn't start for like another four months, guys. But as Brandy astutely noted, Auburn baseball is actually doing pretty good right now. So uh, we we had we do we do a segment called Facts or No on our show where um, you know we ask rapid fire questions and it's either facts or it's not. And the question was asked: Does Auburn finish in the top fifteen in baseball? Now. I've watched zero Auburn baseball, <laughs> but I am following through those who know. And a lot of a lot of the people who watch seem to think that Auburn baseball is going to finish in the top 15 and have a chance to host a regional. What are our feelings about baseball? I don't know if we're going to be able to host a regional or if we're going to be able to finish in the top 15 in the country, only because we're finishing off the last stretch of the season starting this series this weekend with Tennessee, which is the number one team in baseball, um, number one in the SEC, set an impressive SEC record with how they've started off their season. And then after that, we also are going to host Arkansas, which Arkansas is first in the SEC West. So it kind of just depends to me on how we do in those series. But mm -hmm. Auburn baseball is currently second in the SEC West. So that's exciting. We just swept South Carolina this last weekend, and we have um, Sunny D, who has the best batting average in SEC right now, which is really incredible. I'm not sure how pitchers continue to pitch to him because he just hits it out of the park almost every time he gets up to bat. Um, so, yeah, I think, one, we are definitely going to a regional with how we've been performing mm. so far through the season. Will we host? You know, I, I'm not really sure if we will. It, it really does depend on how we perform against Tennessee and how we perform against Arkansas. If we can get at least one game against Tennessee and potentially win the series against Arkansas or vice versa, um, winning three games out of those six against Arkansas and Tennessee would be huge in, in being able to host a regional. Yeah, event. I was told four, four out of the six would get the job done. So if you win two against Tennessee and two against Arkansas, top 15 host or regional so yeah we also saw the series against alabama left too and that's a home series um so we have a good possibility to sweep them that series they're not necessarily the best baseball team out there so wait yeah. my, my my i think we had a breakup can you say that sentence one more time exactly how you said that <laughs> yeah we have the possibility to sweep alabama when we host them at home because they're not necessarily the best baseball team out there <laughs> i think okay, that's, that's that's like the sexiest sentence yeah you gotta hate you gotta hate technical difficulties yeah. hopefully, hopefully that goes through and people can hear it twice oh my goodness uh that sounds good no matter what sport you're talking about Sweet yeah they're not they're not awful they're not great though i'll just i'll, I'll leave it at that i will okay. say they're probably having a little bit better season than they expected but 
Um, yeah, the defending national champions are miss- in Mississippi State. Um, they won the national championship last year. They have been royally sucking this year, so that's been kind of cool to see. Mm. Well, Ooh, yeah, that's their that's their thing too, which is yeah, yeah, that's yeah, their sorry. sport. That's their sport. Sucks <laughs> to suck at your thing, right? Like and Ole I, Miss too. Both of the Mississippi schools, who are both usually known for having really great baseball programs, are both in the bottom of the SEC West this year. Well, I hope that Auburn football can take some of all this energy from gymnastics and baseball and basketball that technically finished in 2022 and start their 2022 season with a lot of that momentum. I know, I mean, no matter what we can say, everything's cool, but let's, let's be clear. Let's be clear. We're a football school. That doesn't matter how they're doing. We're a football school. Uh, and I can't wait for the season to get here. Now we've got some interesting things coming up at the war rapport. Uh, we dropped a, an interview with Robbie Ashford. He talked about what happened this spring. We've got more interviews coming guys. I want to thank you for joining me on the war Report podcast. Until next time. You are, you now, are now listening, listening to, to-